I grew up in southeastern Montana. My best friend was always into astronomy. Anything related to space always got him hyped up. I actually learned a lot from him, and I can still recognize so many constellations even now. This event happened when we were in our early 20s. It was August, and we wanted to go see the meteor showers. We met up and headed for Medicine Rock State Park. We wanted to find the perfect spot to lay out on our blanket and get comfortable. So we were just idling along in the car trying to agree on a place to park it. I kept getting distracted by the rabbits jumping across the road. I was so worried we were going to hit one of them. I guess I was being annoying. My friend pulled over and said, you drive if you're so worried. We had just turned back onto the road when a light suddenly appeared to the north. For size reference, I'd say it looked smaller than the sun, but it definitely looked round. It was a very deep, rich orange color that seemed to glow. It actually reminded me of lava, probably because it looked like it was kind of morphing and radiating like lava does. We both saw it, and it stopped our arguing right away. We were staring at it, then it suddenly disappeared, like a light that just shut off. I stopped the car, and we were straining our eyes to try and see where it went. My friend was so excited and speculating about what it could have been. But before we could even manage to have much of a conversation, the same light suddenly flicked on in the sky to the east of us. This time, it seemed much closer. I'm pretty bad at estimating distance, but I'd say it was no more than a few hundred feet above the sandstone pillars, and probably about a thousand yards from where we were sitting. While we were staring, it seemed to come into better focus, and two more lights kind of separated from the original orb we had been looking at. At that point, it looked like it was forming a triangle. The triangle started to rotate around itself slowly. It was wobbling and morphing, but it stayed in that spot in the sky. Then the light started changing colors and flashing. It seemed to be flashing at pretty random intervals. My friend, the space expert, said, let's time it. He's like, if it's a UFO, we might be losing time. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I looked at the clock and it said 103. This went on for like one whole minute. It sounds strange to say, but it seemed like the show was directed at my friend and I. We hadn't noticed any other cars on the road. My friend suddenly snapped out of his trance and said, where's my phone? He grabbed for it and clicked the camera and the lights in the sky went off. There was just this one small orange light left. And if you didn't know any better, it looked just like a star. The light looped around a few times and disappeared. But I guess we didn't lose any time. The clock said 104. Then the light went out. We never heard any sounds from it the whole time. It was completely silent. We kept looking out there to see if it would come back. It felt like a dream. I don't know if you're familiar with that part of Montana, but we already felt like we were in a surreal landscape with those sandstone pillars. I'm not kidding. I literally pinched myself to see if I was dreaming. We stayed there a long time. We couldn't manage to continue with our original plan, to find a meteor viewing spot. We were just riveted, looking at the sky. Even though we actually did happen to see some meteors while we were there, they barely registered after what we had seen. My friend checked his phone to see if he had captured anything, but there was nothing recognizable. Maybe that sounds like a cop-out. People always say, how did you not get a picture? But you'd understand if you were there. It's just so shocking to see something like that so unexpectedly. And when we remembered his phone, it was right when the lights blinked out. 
I'm so regretful that there's not a photo, though. I like to think that if it happened again, I'd be more ready to immediately grab the camera. But that's not even the end of the story. Against my better judgment, I was telling my coworkers about it the next Monday. They were making fun of me and asking me how much I had to smoke. They thought it was funny and were laughing and our boss came over to see why we weren't working. Everybody started telling him about my hallucination. Then my boss got really quiet and asked, what time? I felt funny saying 103, but I did. He just stared at me and described the same thing I had seen. He said his kid had woken him up and they'd been looking out their window right around the same time that I saw it. So much for me thinking that this show was just for us. But I looked at him for a while thinking he was going to burst out laughing at me, like it was a joke. But he was dead serious. I guess he wasn't really planning on mentioning it to anybody, until he heard about my experience. I don't even know what else to say about it. Can you imagine how many people there might be who have seen something and just don't say anything? I don't even know why I said anything. It was just so wild. It just burst out of my mouth. Hi, Donovan. It's been a while since I've told this story, but I wanted to get it out there since this happened when I was a teenager. And if I had known more back then, I might have been less freaked out. I'm in my 40s now, and I've had conversations with friends and acquaintances about experiences like mine, so I know I'm not alone. I grew up in New England, and as you're probably aware, there are plenty of legends up there. Most of them I never took seriously, like Sleepy Hollow or stories about old people hibernating through the winter in the snow. There was a state park I lived near, and I used to frequent a lot as did other kids my age. It's where we went to drink and hook up as a teenager. I was 15 when this happened and would go out with friends just to sit in their cars and gossip or play truth and dare, that kind of thing. Nothing too serious, but we'd stay out pretty late. This was back before cell phones were common, so we had no way to get in touch with our parents if anything had happened. Luckily, nothing ever really did. One night in August, right before school, My friend Sherry and I took her car out to the state park and pulled up into one of the parking areas to a spot near a pond. The park has a river running through it that's associated with the devil, but again, I never really taken this seriously since it was just a story I grew up with. Sherry and I spent maybe 20 minutes talking. It was autumn and cold for New England. The car's windows fogged up a bit from how warm we were, and we were very focused on our conversation. I had my seat, the passenger seat, kicked back so I could look at the car's roof. Sherry was sitting up a little more than I was because she had grabbed some fast food on the way here and was eating it. There was a lull in the conversation, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw her freeze. I looked over and she was holding the fountain drink up, but not moving. Are you okay? I asked her, thinking maybe she was sick from the food. We didn't eat out a lot, and junk food could get dicey. Sherry looked scared and she shushed me, but didn't explain. My body locked up as I realized something was wrong. It took everything in me not to sit up straight and see what she was looking at. After a minute, she relaxed and told me, I think someone's dog got loose and it's walking around outside. We had a dog growing up that wandered off a few times, so I always felt bad about these situations and suggested that we should get the dog and bring it home. But Sherry shook her head and told me no. 
It didn't look like it had a collar on, she told me, and it was big. I waited for a second before asking her more questions about the dog, because she seemed really freaked out. That was weird to me because Sherry wasn't afraid of dogs normally. But being out in the park at night could be freaky, and it was a little windy, so maybe she was just nervous. Now that I was sitting up, I could look outside. I had to rub the fog off the windows, but didn't really see much except for empty picnic tables and a dark area where the river was. Maybe a few hundred feet from our car, a covered bridge crossed the river. Crossing it took you to a trail in the woods. Sherry had calmed down a little bit, and we were talking about life again, when I caught movement near the bridge and I turned my head. I saw the dog, and at first I was ready to open the car door to call to it. But I stopped when I realized something was off. The dog was really big, like bigger than a German shepherd, and it was black, almost impossible to see in the dark. The moon wasn't full, but it was bright enough that we could see the dog's silhouette as it moved around near the picnic tables. Sherry locked the car's doors as it came closer, but the sound of the locks drew its attention and it turned its head towards the car. Sherry turned the car on and the headlights hit the dog. It was huge, easily able to look into the windows if it came any closer, and it had this big blocky head, kind of like a pit bull but with a larger snout. I could see Sherry was right, and it wasn't wearing a collar. She put the car in reverse, but I told her to just wait one second. The dog wasn't moving closer, and I wanted to get a better look at it, since it looked so strange. I realized it was looking at us, and that its eyes were different. Most animals' eyes will catch light at night, but the dog's eyes were red, like actual red, which I've never seen before. The whole body was completely black, and it had a long, thin tail. Sherry said she didn't want to wait, and she just reversed the car. She hit the speed bumps hard heading out of the park, and I kept checking the side mirror to see if that dog was following us. It didn't, but after that, I was really uncomfortable at the park at night. I'd go during the day for parties or picnics, or sometimes with my family, but I always look for that dog. I haven't been back in over a decade now. Sherry and I lost touch after high school, but that night, I felt very close to her. We both experienced something supernatural for sure. That just wasn't somebody's dog. If the legends about the devil being around that area are true, I think we probably saw a hellhound. It didn't seem evil to me, but I wouldn't want to hang out and run into it again either. I'd be curious to know if you have any other listeners writing in with a similar experience in this area. Hi Donovan, I'm a retired school teacher in Illinois, and I've been a camp host since 2016. It's a relaxing job for somebody who loves the outdoors. It doesn't pay much, but you can set up your camper in a picturesque location and camp free for all summer. So that really was the appeal for me. I'm there for all the campers who have problems, and to be honest, that hardly ever happens. Most weeks go by with me only talking to one or two of the campers occupying the sites. Just some chit-chat, and also making rounds every night at dusk to sell firewood out of my pickup truck. I had talked to a young couple in campsite number 7 when they first arrived, and we had a nice chat. They were in their mid-twenties and planned to do some hiking in the area. They had a little white dog with them, a mixed breed, I think. They said it loved to camp. 
I was a little concerned one day when I didn't see the couple as I made my rounds in the evening. I took a peek again at around 11.30 p.m., and they still weren't back. They told me they were staying for a week, and their tent was still up, and their car was there. People have to register if they plan to backcountry camp, and they hadn't registered to do that, nor had they mentioned any plans of that sort. At first, I thought they maybe had some friends in the area that had picked them up and were staying over in town for a night. But when the second night came and they still weren't back, I began to get worried. Now, I'm not a babysitter. People can come and go as they please. And at the time, I thought it was possible that I just kept missing them. After all, I couldn't see their sight from mine. But the next morning after that second night, I went to clean the restrooms, and I drove by their campsite. Alarm bells immediately went off. Their little dog was there, sniffing all over the ground and their tent had blown down. I walked over and the dog trotted up and licked my hand, whining. He seemed so grateful to see someone. I called hello a few times, but I could tell his owners weren't in the area. So I scooped the little fellow back up and brought him back to my campsite to give him some food. The poor little thing gobbled up a hamburger like he was starving. His coat was all dirty with twigs caught in it and he was trembling, so I decided to call my supervisor. I reported those couple as potentially lost in the woods, and authorities sent out a small search party. I volunteered to take the pup while we waited. I really felt bad for the little guy. It almost took a whole day, but I was greatly relieved when a truck rolled in with the young couple in the passenger seat. They were dirty and scratched up, and the volunteer that brought them in took me aside and said, he thought they were suffering from hallucinations. He already radioed in that they had been found, so I knew there would be paperwork to fill out. I lent them a couple of blankets to wrap up in and made some coffee. The woman was so happy to see her dog, she almost burst into tears. Then they told me what had happened. The man said they'd been hiking along the ridge, and their dog started barking at something behind them. He said they were afraid it was a bear, since they both were carrying food in their backpacks. You're not supposed to do that, by the way. They scooped up the dog and they started making a lot of noise, clapping their hands and talking loud, trying to scare it off. But then the woman spotted it. She said it was absolutely not a bear. She told her husband that it looked like a gorilla, but it was smart, hiding behind the trees whenever they stopped. She was really shaken up, so he told me most of the story himself. The fellow said at first that he didn't believe her, he thought her mind was playing tricks on her, but then the creature got bolder and came out into the open. He told me it had to be at least seven feet tall, and it had these massive arms and legs, standing on two legs just covered in fur, all over its body except for its face. I looked the young man in the eyes as he told me this, and you could tell he believed what he was saying. I've had my share of lies told to me, being a schoolteacher for 27 years but this fellow was not lying. He said he believed this creature was a Sasquatch. He told me it started acting aggressive, stalking them, and they had no choice but to run. The poor woman started crying as her husband told me the next part. They were so scared of this creature that when the little dog slipped out of their grasp, he grabbed her arm and wouldn't let her stop running. It was going to attack us, he said. I felt bad, but we had to get away. They wound up hiding in one of those caves up on the ridge. He said once they got to higher ground, they started throwing rocks at it and kicking logs and debris down the side of the mountain, trying to make a rock slide so it couldn't reach them. 
It stayed down below, making these horrible screeches of anger, he said, all through the night, while they stayed up in the higher elevation trying to find shelter and stockpiling rocks and fallen limbs for ammunition. The next morning, they didn't see it, and they tried to find their way back, but they'd gotten so turned around that when they were running, that they found themselves hopelessly lost. They spent their second night up in a tree, he said, using straps on their backpacks to loop over limbs so they wouldn't fall. They were both dirty and covered in scratches, and it was not a stretch to believe that they had been fighting to survive. But then the forest rangers showed up. They listened rather skeptically and suggested that it was a bear. The couple disagreed, and the rangers became irritated, really tearing down their story. The man finally lost his cool and said he didn't care what they thought. It wasn't a bear, and he was going to go to the local news and report what he had seen. That's when things got ominous. One of the many vehicles that had rolled back in with the search teams was a black SUV. No one emerged from the vehicle until that moment. It sounds crazy, but I wonder if they had a listening device in the vehicle. Because once the young man started getting irate, this fellow got out. He came up to the couple and said something in a low tone that I couldn't hear, and flashed some ID. The next thing I know, he escorts them over to the SUV, and they all got in, even the dog, and drove away. I asked the ranger who that was, and he looked around like he was afraid to be caught telling, and mumbled, Homeland Security. I don't know what to think of that. I never saw the couple again. I got up the next morning, and their campsite was cleared out. I caught the story on the local news, and it said the missing couple had been found by the search team. All the story said was they had gotten lost in the forest. So I guess that young man never got to tell the local news what he saw after all. 